Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another episode of The Russian Sisters. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are The Russian Sisters. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. Hey, hey. We are very, very excited to once again be joined from one of our faves, Elena. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me back. I've been excited all day for this. I've been excited um, all year. Yeah, (laughs) I I was like, more than today. I've been talking about it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for for Monday night. It's a Monday night so that we can talk to Elena. And you guys um, who are listening, you are in for such a treat. One of our awesome listeners sent in some questions for this um, time that we have with Elena. So I'm really, really excited All right. Well, we'll jump in and I'm going to start with our first question that talks about, have you ever been physically approached or touched by spirit or anyone on your spirit team? And what, what, let's start there and what that is like, if so. Yes. So I actually have two answers to this. So I have a course that's called meet your spirit team. So each week you are meeting one of your spirit team members, and that can be um, that is a guide, an angel, an ancestor, a angel, and an animal friend. So part of what we do during that is we go through each of the senses. So how do they show up when you see them? How do they smell? Are there any sounds? Then we also go into the emotional feeling that you feel when they're near and also a physical feeling that you feel when they are near. And that is going to vary based off of your relationship with that spirit team member and also just how you experience things. So I tend to get tingles on the side of my head whenever any of my spirit team members are near. You could see how easily that could just be brushed away. So that is what I'm really helping people hone in on. These signs and symbols are not always big flashing neon lights. They can be very, very subtle. And so when we go through that course, I'm really helping people understand how their spirit team is communicating with them. Um, I've also felt a, a pressure or like wings almost, you know, over my face. I, I tend to feel Bodhi as a pressure on my right shoulder. So, you know, how you would be holding a baby and, you know, kind of have that pressure on your shoulder. So I don't know if that's just because of him being a baby when he died, that that's how he shows up. So again, it's going to, going to be a very individual relationship with your spirit team members. Now, I think she's probably asking more about just random (laughs) spirits or ghosts or things like that. What do you think about? Is that what you think she was asking about? Well, first, I love the answer you're given because I'm, this is fascinating to me. I think both, honestly, because there were some questions around how spirit teams are formed and we'll get to that. But I think it was our listener has interacted with a coworker who performs Reiki 
and has been mm. sharing a little bit more about her process and her spirit team, which has made our listener kind of wonder, okay, how is this? How would she notice if someone was trying to connect mm-hmm. with her? And also just how kind of the inner workings of how it all works, which it sounds like it's different for every person, mm-hmm. but that what might be similar is that things can happen to multiple senses. Absolutely. While one person might have something more olfactory or someone might have something more, by feeling like you said, of, of wings, someone else might, you know, hear, it sounds like, hear things mm-hmm. or have that kind of physical interaction. I wonder about that because I've told Alexandra about this. There are times when I smell cigarette smoke and I'm like, oh my God, who's around me? Because it just, mm-hmm. it's so strong. And as a former smoker, it's a, it's an odor I cannot stand. So I kindly ask the person to please like, if it is a person, because, uh, right, this is like, I, I Googled the sciency part of it too. And then it, it sounds like as women specifically get older, sometimes we start to smell these things and it's an olfactory thing. So mm-hmm. then I'm like, well, is it a sciency thing? And I'm just going like, you know, psychologically or physiologically having this reaction to something, or is there actually someone around me? So I don't know. How would I know? Yeah, that's a good question. And I don't know that there's any right answer to that particular instance, but you could take that pause and just close your eyes and ask. Because for most of us, it's loved ones that are near us. It's not just random spirits out and about having a good old time. This is our our spirit team or our family members trying to get our attention. So you could take that pause and just say like, okay, who is here to to talk with me and just see what other of your senses come into that. People do have different clairs that are stronger. So I'm a feeler and a knower. But then for other people, they do hear as their primary or they do see as their primary or even smell as their primary. So that's how they primarily connect with spirit. But then when you break that down further, different spirit team members or different loved ones will come through with a stronger scent. So they're going to use whatever is going to get your attention. So if cigarette smoke bothers you and they could be associated with that, that will get your attention over you know, a bell chiming off in the distance. So they're going to do what they can. That's really interesting because I've had the same thing. Although in my house, it's usually by my washer and dryer. And I have no idea why other than the people who lived in my house before me smoked. No, I've had garlic in the the garlic. Oh my gosh. That was, that's happened (laughs) multiple times to me. I still haven't figured out who the garlic is. The cigarette smoke for sure. But honestly, we have a grandparent. Our maternal grandfather was a major smoker. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, I've just kind of wondered. We didn't know him, Uh but I've wondered Mm -hmm. if that's him. I do do wonder. And I don't know why he has to hang out on my washer and dryer, but I wonder. (laughs) (laughs) I do so much laundry, but I've wondered if it's him just hanging out. Because it's happened a couple of times at our parents' house where I walk through Mm -hmm. a waft of it. And I'm like, okay, you hanging out today? Okay. Okay. So I guess, Elena, my next question would be as a follow-up for our listeners out there, would you or someone who does what you do be able to help us identify who or what that is? Yes, absolutely. So if that's something that you're struggling with and it's kind of bothering you and you just can't figure it out, yeah, any medium out there can help you with that. So I do kind of both where I can do the reading, but then I am more passionate about helping people discover it for themselves. So like I was talking about that Meet Your Spirit Team course, I want to give them the tools to be able to connect with their spirit team. 
team. So if you came to me in my standard session, I would say, well, how about we get you nice and relaxed and have you call forward who it is that wants to communicate with you. That way you are actually experiencing it because that is going to be more powerful than me just telling you like, hey, I think it's so-and-so. But if you can actually sit down, get quiet, get centered, and make that connection, then, I mean, that's, that's so powerful and so beautiful to witness. Yeah. I, and I can attest that I do appreciate that. We've talked about it a little bit before, cause you've done that with me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. just give me the answer. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you have to work for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, no, no, <laughs> that's too easy. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by that. And, and you're right. Powerful. It's just such an amazing word, I think, to apply, because I think a lot of people might think that we don't have that within us to, to recognize that or to figure that out for ourselves. And I just think that's a beautiful thing that you help mm-hmm. people work through that process for themselves. I'm going to ask a little bit more about the spirit team one, because a question did come up on how big they can be. And mm-hmm. you're touching on how it's loved ones, because mm-hmm. it sounds like some people have shared about all different individual, I don't, would you call them spirits, individuals that are part of the spirit team participants? Um, Yeah, I call them beings because we're talking about many different levels of um, beings. Yeah. I can't think of a better word. (laughs) No, that's fair. So how many beings, which of course it sounds like it's going to be dependent on the person, Mm -hmm. but then also part of that, that question was, you know, are these, are these beings going to be familiar? It sounds like they would be familiar to the individual, For instance, one of the anecdotes that was shared was the name of one. And this listener was trying to understand, well, the name was unique. Is this someone that this other person knew? Like, how do that works if you Mm -hmm. have a lot of, I don't know, a lot of people? It's a lot to unpack, but I'll just let you. It is. Yeah. Yeah. This answer could last us for quite a while. So like I mentioned with the Meet Your Spirit team, we're spending five weeks and meeting five different members of your spirit team. Now, there are more than that. It varies person to person. So someone like me who is doing more of the spiritual and metaphysical work does tend to have more because I'm needing to manage other people's energy in a different way than somebody, you know, like my husband, he's a well tender. He doesn't talk. I mean, he might talk to one person in his entire day. He might see a few animals, but he's not having to manage other people's energy on a regular basis. I'm basically spending my entire day managing my energy, helping my clients to manage their own, my spirit team and their spirit team. But that's multiple sessions throughout an entire day. It's a lot. (laughs) So whenever we look at that, we tend to have, and they can vary throughout our lifetime. So for you two right now, when your grandpa is showing up for you, there is probably something specific that he's helping you navigate at that time. Maybe even something within the family dynamics that he is specifically helping all of you navigate. feels to me like communication. I feel like there's a lot of strong personalities. So sometimes everybody needs to take a breath and bring it down a few notches and really open up your hearts to hear people on that heart level. So I don't know if that's way off base or if that's accurate for your family, but I feel like that's what he's helping you all navigate. It's like, you know us. (laughs) And honestly, I don't really know you know you. (laughs) 
<laughs> we weren't expecting that. I mean, totally unexpected. But I, I it's one of those where I, I went, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm going to pay more attention because I usually mm-hmm. rebuff him, which is probably why he keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah, which I need to make a note because I want to go back to that, why he's on the laundry room. So with the with the spirit team, we tend to have one that filters the information. So if you think about being at a party or in a kindergarten classroom, if you have 25 kids talking to you at one time, you're not going to be able to hear and understand and really take in that conversation. But if there's one kid that then filters everybody else's uh, vote for what song they want to listen to on YouTube dance break, then you can actually hear that song and put that on and do that. So for me, one of my grandmas is kind of my filter. So she's the one managing and maintaining so that I can actually hear and interpret all of the different messages that are coming through. That can vary though. For some people, it's their main angel that filters it for them. For other people that are more attached to their animals, it can be one of their animals that is filtering the information for them. Souls are no different. So souls of animals, souls of angels, souls of the humans, you know, we're just talking about energy when they're on the other side. I wanted to ask, because we connect with souls at different times, right? I can say in this lifetime, I can recognize people that I, that I go, I'm pretty sure we've known each other at another Mm -hmm. time. So as part of your spirit team, could it be someone or a being that you may have connected with in a, in a past life? Yes, absolutely. That was one of the points I wanted to make. So our guides are beings that we have usually had a past life with before. And then during the soul contract decision-making in this lifetime, we decide to incarnate here on earth and they decide to stay on the other side and remain part of our spirit team. Now I did call my grandma, my guide, but I had a different relationship with her and just kind of generally call her my guide. But technically she would be a loved one or an ancestor. And then guides are beings that have not incarnated in this particular lifetime. I'm so glad you said that because I've wondered as well. I have a good friend of mine and she is also well-connected spiritually in that way. Um, She doesn't tap into it as much, but I do remember talking to her and her her mother had passed a, a long time ago. And and her mom would come through the house and her husband doesn't really believe in this kind of stuff. And well, now he does more because he started seeing her. But my friend made a comment once is she said, my mom's not coming through the house as much anymore. I think she's getting ready to incarnate. And I was always struck by that because I wonder about that cycle of, you know, talking to your loved ones who have passed or being able to maintain that connection and then wondering, you know, what amount of time goes by or when, when that happens to know, do you still get to talk to, I don't know, it gets, do you still get to have that connection or how, I know it gets nitty gritty and Mm -hmm. I didn't mean for it to go so detailed, but that was interesting when you talk about that beings will stay back to support us Mm -hmm. in our soul, learning what we need to while we're here. Yes. So that is real down in the weeds. So 
And we don't know, necessarily have to go there today. <laughs> I think I'll just touch on it because yeah, that's that's a whole other ball of wax. And obviously my understanding is just my understanding. You know, I've studied, I have mentors, but then also I just have my personal experience with things. And what I'm coming to understand and what I'm seeing and experiencing with other people is there's really no such thing. <laughs> and I think there's memes about this. There's no such thing as time. And <laughs> so this whole idea that there's no such thing as past lives. They're really all just parallel lives. And we are, we can live many existences all at once. So just because a loved one has reincarnated doesn't mean that you couldn't still talk to them on the other side, because that's just a a part of their soul that you're communicating with. That's a real deep one there. No, I feel I feel like I want to go back to interstellar every time there's <laughs> anytime there's a time component, like, I really need to go back. Because you're right. That's my concrete rational brain trying to mm-hmm. understand things in a sequence that doesn't yes. doesn't necessarily we'll skip over that for now because we need to keep this light and fun. But I, <laughs> I definitely get into yeah, the quantum physics part of it mm-hmm. and then try and wrap my head around, which doesn't always work. Yeah. No, it's well, a lot. And I think well, in our religious faith, that's something that I have been thinking for a long time is the more I think I know, the less I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the more I'm studying, the less I understand. And so yes. I feel like this topic on the whole, um, the more I try to understand, the less I really do. And I know I know not everyone believes in in reincarnation and you know, the idea of your soul being I don't know if repurposed is the right word or choosing to go here and there, or I know that for some of our people going to be a hard topic to, to grasp Mm -hmm. or understand, or, you know, they might feel some real resistance push Mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I think everybody gets to live their life in the way that they want to and have their beliefs that they want to. And, you know, sometimes that involves religious beliefs. Sometimes that involves pulling from several different religions. Sometimes that is just more of like a spiritual or nature-based way of looking at things. And I'm not here to convince anybody of anything because I absolutely support everybody in what they want to believe in this lifetime you know, when we look at it, it's just my experience. So I have gotten to experience it for myself. And then I've gotten to experience it with thousands of clients at this point. And I don't even understand it. So it's not like I could help them make it up (laughs) in order to fulfill something that I believe because I am constantly like, whoa, what did we just do here? Um, And... (laughs) And then they don't know it either. Lately, I've had a lot of people going to alien lifetimes, which is a whole other thing. I don't know anything about aliens. So when they are coming up and they don't either. So when they're saying things, I can't be making it up and they can't be making it up because neither one of us know anything about it. So that's kind of where I just go to like, okay, does this resonate with my soul? Yes or no. And just leave it at that. And that is perfectly fine for people. If they're like, this is nothing that I want to be a part of. That's okay. You know, it's whatever works for you, because I do think we, well, this goes back to my beliefs, but you know, we come in for different reasons. So for some people, it is to have that religious 
experience. And I have had lifetimes in different religions. And that was what I believed in that lifetime. And that's what I needed in that lifetime. So I'm just sharing my experience and helping my clients through what they need to experience. But it's not for everyone, for sure. So yeah, good question. Well, and I do appreciate that exactly aligns with your whole premise of helping the individual try and figure out what they need. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, you and I, in our last session, which was a while ago, we even, both of us thought it was going to go in one direction and it went in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And just being open to the idea of what I need to hear is going to come out of it versus Mm -hmm. trying to dictate or, or say, this is what I really hope is going to, but the more open you can be. And I think through the work that you do, I've understood even more of just trying to kind of anchor or or ground into figuring out what does light me up in this life I have and how can I maximize my opportunities to continue Mm -hmm. to do stuff that lights me up and not necessarily go down this rabbit hole of, is my soul going to up level? How much am I going to learn? What's going to happen? And to kind of quiet a lot of that, because that's what a lot of religion right now does, right? What's your salvation? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do here to get there? Versus really trying to enjoy the process and say, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll find out later. But at least I can use some of these tools or experiences to step into my purpose, to heal what I have going on now and just enjoy what's in front of me versus constantly trying to figure out what the outcome is going to be. It sure can be noisy and distracting, can it? No one wants to be in my head. <laughs> Neither lately. I don't want to be in my head lately. It's been really loud. Yeah. Right? And the chatter just keeps going. I know. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Next question. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we talked about the loved ones and the ancestors because you were both saying that you didn't really know that grandpa. And so I get that a lot. And sometimes it's hard to um, help people in that way because, yeah, they might not know that person from this lifetime. And so basically what I do is feel into why that person is stepping forward for them. So say it's somebody that is in business right now and it's their great grandfather that was a good businessman. So he might be stepping forward to help them in the here and now, and they may have never known him and their dad or mom may have never even really known them, but that's okay. They're still in our lineage and they still want to step forward and help us in this particular way versus a loved one that we did know 
that died within our lifetime that we might've had that relationship with before they died. So that's kind of the, uh, just a very slight distinction between the two. I like that though, because what it does for me, I tend to forget that when there's something going on or something that I'm, I'm working on, I tend to forget to tap in or ask my spirit team to guide me. So recently I did Mm -hmm. have a big shift happen. I had two major manifestations come through up-leveled. It was really intense in a way, like a moment of desperation was just saying, okay, you guys, I need a sign. I need something to come through, please. And then within 30 minutes, something came through, which was shocking because that doesn't happen for me. But I think it's a good reminder even to be able to say, okay, spirit team, if there's someone who can come through or guide me on A, B, or C, like as Mm -hmm. I have these side projects or even, you know, I have talked about some side projects to do and it's, and I forget sometimes to just be able to ask for a little guidance or a ping or something to keep Mm -hmm. that momentum going. Because if I mentally start to limit or try and guess who's on my spirit team and then I'm like, well, this grandma does this and Sean's mm-hmm. there and yeah. this, this person does this, you know, then I'm limiting versus saying, okay, who on here is going to help me plan this? Who on here is going to help these pings come through? That's, that's something I'm like, oh, I should probably take a moment and try and do that. Just saying, you know, help me with this particular thing. The right person is going to come through or the right being is going to come through to help you for that. You don't want to leave it open, open to like whatever being wants to come through. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the spirit, our spirit team. Right. And connecting specifically with that. I just want to clarify that for people who are not familiar with this world. Yes. I'm not asking for someone who's not sanctioned to correct to come in. But Correct. If there, yeah. for instance, you know, Elena, you and I have talked about wanting to do a grief retreat and, mm-hmm. and even here locally, I'm trying to put together this grief and movement group. And I feel like I keep stalling out a little bit. So mm-hmm. if I could go back to my spirit team and take a moment and say, okay, can you give me some pings or nudges to yes. help align with this versus totally open to anybody? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a good distinction. And and I do that with everything of just asking for help in all areas. And some of that is internal. So like for my strength, for my will, for my ability to keep moving through things. And then, you know, um, Anna, you were talking about religion. If that is Jesus, if that is your main go-to, that is okay to say, Jesus, please help me with this. That you know, the Jesus energy will come through and help you with that. It's not, it doesn't have to be either or it can be all of them. I agree. And that, I think that's been my approach to, to all of it anyway. Cause I mean, I've got icons up all around my house. And so I will Mm -hmm. often talk to them, talk to myself. And I think that's something that we're taught in our faith to do and to get comfortable doing and to have conversations with God. And I think for whatever weird reason, when we translate over to loved ones who have passed on, then it becomes like this taboo, weird thing to talk to your mm-hmm. loved ones. You know, it's like you can talk to God as if he's sitting in your passenger seat. But if I mm-hmm. start talking to Sean, then I'm crazy. And, yes. um, I, and I don't know where that came from or why that distinction has been made or people think they're weird if they talk to their loved ones where they would talk to God or Jesus or anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. And so, and you've said this before, kind of to each his own, you, you know, what do you need right now? 
And -hmm. then who is it that you can lean on to get the help or to heal or to move Mm -hmm. through something? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Okay. This other question for you is on protection and barriers. And I think this is kind of twofold. So one, how do you protect against some of those beings that you don't necessarily want to come in and not only for protection from those kinds of beings, but also barriers or protection for circumstances. So if you're going into a meeting and you don't want to necessarily open yourself up to whoever is around, although you just opened yourself up to our grandpa, for instance, you know, if you're meeting with someone or if you're at your kid's school, how do you put up those barriers so that you're not taking on mm-hmm. everyone else's loved ones? Yeah, those are, that's good questions. And so, um, I, a couple of different ways. So I have placed a bubble of protection that is there um, from when I placed it until this lifetime ends. So I don't really need to do anything else with that bubble of protection. I have a guide that is assigned to that bubble. They alert me if there's any attempts to enter that. Um, on a more energetic and day-to-day thing that I do every morning before I get out of bed. So my alarm goes off, I hit snooze. So in that five minutes, I use Angel Michael as my kind of barrier in my day to day. And so I ask Angel Michael to surround me in his blue light of protection to help me observe and no longer absorb other people's energy. Probably up until about 10 years ago, I didn't understand that I was taking on other people's pain, that I was taking on other people's emotions as my own, and that I was taking responsibility for other people. Doing that Angel Michael prayer really changed my life. I learned it from one of my mentors and I still, you don't have to do it every morning, but I just do it so that it's part of my intention and part of my the sacredness that I bring in my, into my day to day. And, um, it's very, very helpful for empaths, um, for other people that can feel other people's stuff. The other boundary that I have in place is that I don't want to open myself up to anybody else's spirit team members unless I'm in session with them. So if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the kid's school, um, I am not taking in any other beings. Now, I am still connected to my spirit team. I am still feeling and sensing energies. So I've told my team, I don't want to know anything unless I need to know it for some reason. (laughs) And so I am not walking around like I have one of my other mentors, you know, he has said like, he'll have to walk around somebody at Walmart. And that is not somebody that is not there. That is just a spirit that he, you know, that's part of his awareness. I don't want that. (laughs) I want to be able to do my day to day and live my life. But then when I sit down in session with somebody, that's when I can really tap in and open up that channel of communication. Does that make sense of how I kind of put that in place? Yes. I'm just, I'm fascinated right now. (laughs) 100%. I agree. You know, I think about like the Hollywood movies, Sixth Sense, and I see dead people and how some people don't know how to put up the Mm -hmm. boundary or turn it off. But we've talked about even with our 
family that we have a grandparent who also had to put some boundaries into place because of things that she was experiencing. And so again, like this isn't, it's not a wild and new idea for us. I just, I love and appreciate the fact that it has to be done because you're right. Otherwise you're just opening yourself up to who knows what noisy. Yeah, it is noisy. And you know, I have a client right now that we're working on her boundaries because she did her Reiki one and then she did her Reiki two and that really opened her up. And so now she's seeing things and it tends to be people that have died by suicide, which is very emotional. You know, it's emotional before the person dies in that way. But then the aftermath, as you well know, is very troubling and problematic in many different ways. And so we're like, yeah, you need some major boundaries around this because you can't just be walking into the hair salon and picking up this heavy duty energy when you yourself are already struggling. And so I do help a lot of other people understand those boundaries and put those in place. So like when we do that Meet Your Spirit Team course, that's one of the first things we talk about, protection and boundaries. And they come up with their own boundaries. You know, uh, for me, it's do not talk to my kids. Do not, you know, interact with them. You are not allowed to come into my house. You know, so that is a very strong boundary. So everybody has to kind of have their individual boundaries as well as kind of the broader ones. I have a friend who I think has some talents in this area and she's terrified of it because this has been her experience at any time she starts to go down this path of acknowledging spirits or just talking about them, weird electrical things happen. Mm-hmm. And she is terrified that it'll start to impact her kids or that there will be this negative energy. And I, I don't know, like, I would love to connect her with you. I think, I think it'd mm-hmm. be a great source for her. Yeah, it is. It does feel a little bit scary because we've all had those kind of weird experiences. And then sometimes it's hard to discern between because our nervous system kind of reacts to any energy that's close to us, we assume it's negative or bad instead of pausing and being like, oh, wait, is this just a loved one trying to get my attention? We just, because of the movies, sometimes we just automatically go to the negative instead of just, oh, this is interesting. What's happening here? Right, right. I think it also will challenge our own belief system. I know when things were happening around my house and before Sean died, believed in things that could happen like that. But I think once it really started happening a little bit more in my house, it made me pause and then really have to define or think about what do I believe? And I think sometimes it's safer almost to ignore (laughs) and just be, just to be able to be concrete or say, nope, that's not possible. Because again, we're trying to rationalize something that seems Not that Mm -hmm. it's irrational, but it's just something bigger than our minds can really wrap our head around. You know, we didn't go back to the physical touch and how that can happen with just random other spirits and things. So I just had this happen recently where we were at a, it was New Year's because it was a noonday party instead of a New Year's Eve. We were sitting around the table and one of the moms that was there, our sons are in first grade together her husband had passed away and we were just talking about him because he knew my husband, but I didn't really know him. And we were just kind of talking about him. And all of a sudden I felt a kind of a cool feeling on the back of my neck and felt my shirt lift up. 
And I kind of just like slowly looked back and I was like, there's nobody behind me. And then I look at my daughter on the right and she was like, I just saw your shirt lift up. And it was like, ah, yeah, I felt that. Oh my goodness. That was my first like real deal, like something moving on me. You know, of course, like I said, I felt sensations and things, but my shirt actually lifted up and she saw it lift up. And they said he was kind of that person that would come behind you and, you know, give you the like, that was definitely something that he would have done. And I was like, oh boy. Okay. That was a good one. (laughs) I just got the chills. Can I tell you something? Mm-hmm. You and I are kindred in many ways, but um, that happened to me in college. Did I tell you this story already? So I don't think I've ever heard this story. I, I think it was either first or second year in college. And I was in my dorm room by myself and I was watching TV. I think it was in between classes and I was standing in front of the TV. And forever, our parents have been telling us like, back up from the TV, right? You're going to hurt your eyes, like move back from the TV. But I was just like, moving, putzing around my room. And then I stood in front of the TV and I felt someone grab the back of my shirt and pull me back. Mm-hmm. Like it was this big sensation. And I turned around and I looked around the room. And like I said, I was by myself. And I wonder if someone else had been there, if they'd be like, I saw that. Cause it mm-hmm. really felt like someone was just like, well, the back of my shirt, just like you described yeah. and like moved me back from the TV. It was wild. Yeah. That is wild. Speechless. I'm just saying I'm speechless. I don't even know. I don't even know right now. Yeah. Well, so my daughter and I did a history and hauntings tour of Punxsutawney because, you know, we're a tourist town and it's very historical here. And we kind of talked to some people and got some ghost stories from around the town. And one of them was that there's this really old house here in town. It's one of the original ones. They were living in this house when they had a, a baby. And she was walking down the the steep steps and started to fall and felt somebody grab her and pull her back so that she did not fall down the steps carrying the baby. So they can definitely intervene in very physical ways, if need be, if to get our attention in whatever way or for safety's sake. Yeah, I recently was sharing. It's been a while since I've shared some of my stories when I was traveling when I was younger. But I essentially, in a dumb moment, walked through a swarm of killer bees Mm. in the middle of Kenya. Oh, yeah. Not not my brightest moment. But as the bees started to sting, I was with a friend and really loud in my ear was run. So I just Mm. started running. I started sprinting. Mm -hmm. and, And then my friend followed and some Kenyan men helped us. They lit fires all around us. But my friend asked me, she said, why did you start running? And I said, because you yelled in my ear to run. (laughs) And she said, no, I didn't. (laughs) And so to this day, I'm like, I don't, I consider it to be some sort of intervention Mm -hmm. where someone just, and that happened. Actually, there were quite a few things that happened on that trip where I went, someone's watching out for us. But that was one. And I've wondered, uh, I'll say it here. It's a safe space. Yeah, I'm sure safe space with all our (laughs) listeners. I've had moments where I've heard certain things and have wondered and go, oh no. Like I kind of check myself, right? Because if you hear things, then it's like, do I have schizophrenia? Am Mm -hmm. I hearing voices? What does this mean? What are the voices telling? And usually it's not. Honestly, I'll I'll be honest. I tend to hear children's laughter. No idea what that's related to or if it's just in my head, but I wonder (laughs) about that auditory that auditory stuff. It's like what is said in Harry Potter at the last. It is in your head. <laughs> yes. But why is that? Like, why is that bad? 
I just now I'm squeamish. I just shared something. What does Dumbledore say to Harry when they're in the train station at the very end of the seventh I movie, know. right? That's yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> real or is it in my head? And he's like, Why is it any less real if it's in your head? Yeah, and that is true. I do get that question a lot. And I did work in mental health on a behavioral health unit for 10 years. So I do have that background of true mental illness and what that looks like versus more of the spiritual sounds and voices and and that connection. And it's a valid question and a valid concern. And I know that a lot of people kind of can get diagnosed with a mental illness when maybe it is more of a spiritual connection. And I just wonder about that over history. And how often that happened. And, you know, the main thing that I look for is are there delusions or paranoia that is a danger to themselves or a danger to somebody else? And so that's what I'm looking for when I'm talking to somebody is what are these voices telling you and getting a feel for the vibe of what those voices are conveying? Because the people that came to the hospital, they were being told to hurt themselves or to hurt somebody else, or they were being told that they were being poisoned, or they were being told that somebody was trying to hurt them. And so it had a very, very negative connotation and very dangerous connotation for the most part. So that's a very generalized no, overview of that. For doing that, because now I feel a little better because that is not okay, good. what comes from this. I was going to say, I think, I think that's a very important distinction to make too, mm-hmm. um, about what are, what are the voices telling you? And that's something that Alexandra and I have talked about more so since Sean died is what you are doing in the exploration that you're doing in the studying and the learning that you're doing. Is that bringing you more to light and love mm-hmm. and in the direction of God or universe, whatever term you want to use, or is it, dark and scary and bringing you away from love and light. So I I think that's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I did want to ask, and I know we're running out of time here, with the auditory communication Mm -hmm. that people can get, because one of the things that I have heard before is, right, our our beings can't speak. They don't have voice boxes and, Mm -hmm. and vocal cords and can't speak, but that for every medium, there's almost like a language and an understanding. And so mm-hmm. for people who, though, have that auditory sense where they're hearing beings, how, how in your experience, what does that look like? Yeah, so there's different ways of sound. I get a ringing in my ear. And so that ringing is my symbol for, hey, you need to slow down and pay attention. So I'm not hearing them in that way. Now, some people will get words in their ear like you did with the run, but that was still in your head. That wasn't somebody saying run into your ear canal and you hearing it that way. Some You were hearing run within yourself to run. Now, that's people do point. hear bells. Um, they hear other sounds. That's something that... Um, like I was saying with the meet your spirit team course, we do ask what sounds are they, is you, is this spirit team member trying to use to get your attention? And it's all different things. So that's a pretty cool thing. Now, whenever I am communicating, and so this is me and my experience, everybody has it a little bit different. I'm feeling what they're saying. I have no way of other, (laughs) of explaining that further other than I feel 
what they're trying to convey to me. So sometimes they will show me pictures. And so I get a feeling from that particular picture. So like when we were talking about your grandpa, it was kind of like he was showing me the like lines going to each of you. So like he wasn't with one of you in particular. It was like he was helping the family unit. So that's how I picked up that it wasn't like, oh, he's with you, Anna. Oh, he's with you, Alexandra. He's helping the entire family unit with something. And so that's how he was kind of showing that to me. And so then I get that feeling of how he's helping you guys or why he's there at those particular times, that it's not just one of you that he's with, that it's the family unit that he's assisting. Does that make sense? Totally. And my eyes are watering. <laughs> okay. Like, no. I, you know, when you were talking earlier, I don't know that I really realized that, that you, that he was there. Right. As mm, we're talking yeah. about him, you know, that we mm-hmm. were sharing that we think it's him, but that's cool that we just had a reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we that's were not so, planning that. We were not. No, planning that. That's so rad. And I can't wait to, to the fall till we come visit you in Punxsutawney. <laughs> I, I feel like fall is a really good time to visit and go on yes, those like beautiful story beautiful. kind of tours. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We have had a blast talking with you and can't wait for our next time. And yeah, just you're amazing and wonderful. And we're just so grateful for you. And how can our people get a hold of you, Elena? So I am Celebrate Every Step on every platform. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And from there, they can get my email or send me a message on any of those platforms. And yes, I would love to connect further with your people. That would be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will chat with you soon. So grateful for you. Thank you. Love you, ladies. Love Love you. Thanks for listening to The Russian Sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the SoundOff Media Company. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. 
Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.